0: The Trump administration, there was a lot of focus on the rapid rate at which President Trump was filling the federal judiciary. Obviously, the main focus, the three Supreme Court seats he filled, which is a huge, huge deal. But he also filled many lower federal judicial openings as well. You haven't seen nearly as much attention on President Biden's work filling out the judiciary at the federal level, but he has been very active and actually getting nominations confirmed at a rate faster than any of his predecessors over the last several decades. Now, of course, he has not had any Supreme Court seats to fill, but still, it's an important fact. We wanted to talk about this, why it matters, and more, so we caught up with Craig Green. He is a professor of law at Temple University Beasley School of Law. So to start, just so we can kind of set the table for people to know what we're talking about, what judges... Is it the responsibility of a president to nominate? I mean, obviously, I think everybody knows the Supreme Court, and that's the one that gets all the attention. But that is not the end of the list of the responsibility of the president to appoint to the judiciary, correct?
1: Correct. Under the Constitution, every federal judge gets picked exactly the same way, and it's the way we've seen played out with Supreme Court justices. The Supreme Court um, is picked by the president, nominates, and the Senate confirms Uh, Court of Appeals judges, like the First Circuit or Second Circuit or Third Circuit, and also district court judges, uh, local federal judges that you might see conducting a federal trial. All those judges, the federal judges, are all picked the same way the president nominates and the Senate confirms.
0: We heard a lot. It's interesting to me, kind of a recurring theme during the Trump administration was a focus on how many judges president trump had appointed and he is far ahead of the pace of president x or the most at this point lo and behold i don't hear nearly as much talk with what president biden is doing but you do a little digging and you're like wow, President Biden, it seems by most metrics, is ahead of the the pace of President Trump. Kind of for context sake, what has President Biden done in his first 10 months or so as far as uh, nominating and getting confirmed to the the judiciary?
1: Sure. I think uh, the numbers change all the time. But to answer your last question first, I think uh, President Biden has uh, really made an emphasis and a focus on trying to get Court of Appeals judges, district judges confirmed. And I think just exactly as you would see in a sort of day-to-day, you could follow different metrics, different directions. I think he's been very successful at that, uh, maybe especially by comparison to some of the things he's pushed for. But here's the big difference. When you think about the Biden administration versus, for example, the Trump administration. The Trump administration came into office with an empty Supreme Court seat, had made, uh, President Trump as candidate Trump, had made the appointment of judges a huge selling point for him with other conservatives. Uh, he said, I'm a real conservative, you can tell and you'll know by my judicial appointments. The first thing he does is uh, fill Scalia's seat, and then he has two other Supreme Court justices, uh, including one in the last days of his presidency. Uh, so the thing that his nominees, his judicial nominees, Supreme Court and otherwise, what they represent is a transformation in American constitutional law like hasn't been seen since the 1930s. So I think that's the real difference is that uh, when President Trump picks three, three Supreme Court justices, including one to fill the Scalia spot and keep the court conservative, and then at the end of his term, one to replace Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg and really shift the court in a conservative direction like it hasn't been done before. I think that helps explain, along with some of the messaging that you heard during the Trump administration, why his judicial appointments for the left and the right were enormous markers Of President Trump's conservatism and of his success in delivering results uh, for the people who elected him. Contrast Joe Biden, President Biden um, has, uh, uh, I think you would, you would, another thing you would notice in the reporting on the Biden judicial appointees, he really is uh, uh, dedicated to. Um, diversity, various kinds of diversity. And so I think if you look at the White House press releases, kind of every single one is celebrating, you know, this is the second or this is the first or this is the third of meeting some sort of a uh, diversity oriented and credential oriented, but also diversity oriented uh, marker. And so I think that's the real deliverable that President Biden has emphasized and has in fact delivered uh, for a lot of uh, his supporters. Is uh, but he can't change the law. He can't change the overall arc of how constitutional law goes, because all those judges sit underneath a Supreme Court that is six to three conservative, and I think so. That's that's I think the real difference is that the Trump uh, nominees, including the Supreme Court represented a real change in American constitutional law and other kinds of law. I think the Biden nominees represent a diversification of the judiciary, but they don't represent anything like that with respect to substantive law.
0: When we talk about, and you mentioned the conservativeness, do we, is there, and I, I guess I kind of know the, the answer to this question by kind of your last answer, but the 6-3 conservative majority, is there too much attention On the leaning, the partisan leanings of judge or the political ideologies of judge, or is it really central to how they interpret
1: the law? I think it's really important, but I think it matters what kind of noun we use to describe it. So I would never say partisan, and I wouldn't even necessarily say political ideology in the sense of partisan. Um, But I think there are conservative judges and there are liberal judges. There are judges who have conservative ideas about the Constitution. Uh, Other judges have left-leaning ideas about the Constitution, and those things matter. Here's an example. Uh, Clarence Thomas uh, succeeded Thurgood Marshall on the Supreme Court. Both of those men were African-American, prominent African-American judges. Um, But Thurgood Marshall had entirely different ideas about what equality means than what Clarence Thomas thought and they were chosen by their respective presidents because they had those ideas about the constitution and about equality. And so I think that's I, I think there is a there is a notion of course that judges are supposed to and I think in substantial ways they do detach themselves from partisan politics in a certain kind of way. I think that is a reality especially in the Supreme Court. Uh justices don't uh, go into that line of work uh, because they want to do politics. But they do go into work motivated by certain ideas about what law means. And in the close cases, the hard cases, the contested cases, they're kind of on one side or the other. Uh, i another example. Justice Scalia and Justice Ginsburg liked going to the opera together, but they didn't have the same ideas about abortion or affirmative action or Obamacare or any number of other things that the American public really care about. Now, what does this mean for the court today? Uh, The Supreme Court today. Uh, The Supreme Court today is occupied by six justices who were chosen by politicians with the idea of their delivering a more conservative vision of American law and the Constitution than has happened again since the 1930s. And so those justices don't always turn out the way their political supporters intend. Uh, There have been some surprises down the road. We could talk about those. But I still think the idea that the American public is aware of the idea that this court, you know, through some happenstance and frankly, some manipulative conduct of, you know, I think when it comes down to the Garland nomination and the Barrett nomination, you know, you could say some things about that. But some combination of, uh, you know, randomness and uh, circumstances and manipulation, this is the most conservative Supreme Court that there's been in a long time. And I think it's not helpful for people to think about the Supreme Court or imagine the Supreme Court, each justice doing their own thing, um, you know, in their own legal way, without some awareness uh, that that's the kind of Supreme Court um, that is sitting today and that is likely to issue decisions, for example, this term, involving some very controversial, and I think one should expect to varying degrees, right leaning, conservative leaning decisions on those very contested issues.
0: Getting back to the work that Biden has done. It's interesting to me, you mentioned, you know, President Trump came in, conservative, look at my judicial appointees. The GOP has made the judiciary kind of a main focus when they are in power. Democrats, not so much in the past. Now, you can argue a lot of that was, you know, President Obama was stonewalled by a Republican Senate and did put nominees, but they wouldn't hear them, you know, but putting that aside... It was not part of the rhetoric, part of the political rhetoric. Joe Biden, this is the first Democrat that I can remember that really put this high up on the depth chart of something that we are going to get into, we are going to do, we are going to get it done. Am I wrong in that characterization? And, and how big of a, of a change is that for the, for the, the Democrat, the, the left, to, to focus on the judiciary?
1: Well, I think you're right. I think that the the premise of your question is right. I think the GOP uh, and conservatives have organized around the court for a long time more uh, 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 forcefully than Democrats have. And I think that's explicable for a lot of ways. And you could talk about the Federalist Society or you could talk about the role of abortion rights um, in organizing Um, uh, various groups within the GOP or whatever you wanted to say. But I think the the premise is right. I think that the conservatives, the GOP for a long time, at least since the 1980s, have organized around that kind of issue, the judges more than Democrats. I think you're also right that Democrats and left-leaning progressives have paid a lot more attention to the courts in the last, uh, I don't know, three years, maybe, 3 or 4 years than they had before and that's the reason you you see people talk nobody nobody ever talked about the possibility of structural reform um you know adding justices to the supreme court no serious person ever talked about that until recent years all this stuff is new and why i think of course my explanation is i think it's because in part they can see some of the results that a conservative judicial Shift can produce, of course, Citizens United, of course, close decisions around um, Obamacare, um, of course, um, more, um, uh, you know, possibly decisions scaling back abortion rights and the rest of it. Now, the thing I would say though is, um, you know, a lot of that focus on substantive law that I think has driven some left progressives to pay more attention to the courts. I think there is a risk that maybe it's too late. Um, Because, of course, the Supreme Court justices are pretty locked in age-wise, I think, for at least the next 10 to 15 years, putting aside expanding the number of justices, which I think is a non-starter, putting aside that kind of a prospect, all that Biden can do, which is what Biden is doing is diversify the federal bench, uh, appoint more court of appeals judges, district court judges, and think that those judges in the marginal case or in developing a factual record, because trial judges hear the facts, not the Supreme Court. They don't have witnesses at the Supreme Court. But in putting together the facts of a case or in deciding some set of issues, that maybe those um, uh, lower court judges, maybe they'll serve as some kind of a buffer uh, or some kind of a counterbalance somehow, but it's not an even balance. When you've got the Supreme Court on one side of the balance of the judiciary, uh, it's not an even balance at all. Uh, but I think that's that's sort of the irony in a way of a greater if it's true, which I think it is, if it's true that the left progressives are paying more attention to the courts than they have in the past, there is an irony uh that actually it's too late um, because a lot of the really decisive appointments to the Supreme Court, which is what matters the most have already been made and are going to stay that way for the foreseeable future.
0: I've got a, a big picture question, because this is something I've been wondering, and I don't know what the answer would be. Do we do this right with judges as far as how they are placed on the bench? And I asked that saying, you know, lifetime appointments, presidents are partisan, even if the judges are not, they're put in place for a reason. But then I look at you know, for the argument, well, the people should decide and they should elect. We just had elections of of judges, I know, in Pennsylvania. People don't know who these people are. And I think even people in good faith that try to find out. It is difficult to understand what makes a good judge, what, you know, what what doesn't make a good judge. Are we doing this right? And if not, what, what would be the answer? Because I can't think of anything that wouldn't be some long, drawn-out... uh you know, clumsy apparatus to to try to get the best people on the court?
1: Yeah, I think that's a a really important question. Um, And uh, the one thing I want to stress is, of course, you're right. You know, Pennsylvania uh, judges are elected, have been for a long time. Some other state judges in other states are elected. And in those contexts, a lot of folks think that's the wrong way to pick people. Uh, they end up getting effectively uh, chosen by relatively unscrutinized political forces. Can't happen. Uh, that kind of a thing. Uh, and then you look at the federal system and some other states that have appointments, and all of those have trouble too. Um, uh, I'll say it this way, you know, uh, when you look at the presidential appointments, uh, right now, meaning the Biden administration, the Trump administration, they do not look even at the American Bar Association as a pre-clearance, as some sort of measure of credentials. And so it's become in some sense. And, of course, organized societies like the Federal Society as a vetting device, um, as an opportunity for people to show their credentials as a conservative on their way toward a judicial appointment. It's not it's not sinister necessarily. It's not sort of manipulative. It's just it just does have that effect On the filtering of who gets put forward by conservatives or liberals or what have you. Now, I'll say that even with the same structure of the federal system, like a long time ago, uh, Jimmy Carter, President Jimmy Carter, uh, tried to set up impartial like committees that would recommend and filter all that could be done if the American people wanted their judges to be done that way. So the same, the constitutional structures locked in, the Constitution says, for federal judges, it's got to be the President and Senate. But there's a million different ways to do that thing. There's a million different ways to find out who the President would put forward who the American people want to have put forward. And I think in that sense, you know, you could do whatever you wanted to do if there were political will to do it. The problem with the American people, if you could put it that way, is on the one hand, they want judges who are above and beyond politics, except sometimes when it comes to their politics, they would prefer judges that were more responsive to their politics. And so I think, you know, a, a deeper problem, the way I would characterize it, is that sort of when it comes to presidents or when it comes to judges or when it comes to senators or when it comes to representatives, I think the American people experience themselves very closely divided and very hard fought politics as people scramble for sort of the last inch or the last angle or what have you. And I think that's really what has people upset about judges in a different way from how they have been before, is they take these political expectations and then layer those onto um, the judicial uh, nominating process and then the results that come out, judicial decisions. And I think you have a lot of people who are angry and upset about those things, the way they are angry, and upset about a lot of things. So I think if America wanted judges who were more, if you could put it this way, above the fray, uh, more above the fray, I think that's entirely compatible with the current selection mechanism of president and Senate. I just think like a lot of things uh, right now, folks are divided and they're so um, uh, sort of hard fought about it. That I think there's not there doesn't seem to be a lot of room for compromises like there were in the past like there were in the past with the same system of selection president and senate they've done this a lot of different ways over the years it's just that recently I think the te- the the teeth have gotten a little more bared the knives have gotten a little sharper uh, and I think the of course something I, I mean we we mentioned before but you know I think the treatment of Judge Garland uh, and the treatment of just, Justice Amy Coney Barrett. I think that hangs over some of this because those things also hadn't been seen before. Um, the idea of delaying a presidential appointment for a calendar year hadn't been done before. And the idea of rushing a justice through in the last, you know, whatever, 30 some days hadn't been done before. To have both those things happen in the same presidential uh, cycle, I think, what, you know, really uh, can shake people's confidence, as there are lots of other things to shake people's confidence, too. But I think that that I think also has not helped this idea of like, who are our judges And what are they supposed to do? And then similarly, what's law supposed to be as something separate from politics, but also, as you say, so influenced um, in the selection process? Um, You know, it's it's politicians picking these judges, um, regardless of who the how how detached the judges themselves are.
0: That being said, the reason and to your point, the reason Joe Biden has been able to get so many judges is because he's had a Democratic Senate. I mean, it's 50 50. But when it comes to getting people to the floor, getting people out of committee, The wheels are moving, and given everything, you know, how it seems so hard to get anything done, they're moving relatively, relatively brisk. Uh, My question is kind of, to your point about Merrick Garland, Amy Coney Barrett. I think we're to a point where, at the high levels, if it's not a president and Senate of the same party, judges aren't getting through. I, I just, I think that's going to be life for the foreseeable future. Is there a breaking point where... We kind of hit where stuff kind of really stops working, or they become such a backlog where this has to be addressed. Uh, you talked about expanding the court non starter. I agree with you. I mean, there has been more talk in serious circles about it, but you know, I, I don't think you can keep operating like this. Am I wrong?
1: Well, I mean, I I think that's another good question, I think. um, And don't you see it in a lot of areas of American life and American politics? You look at something that seems totally dysfunctional and you say, how can it continue to be this way? And the answer is it's going to continue to be that way until people don't want it that way anymore or enough people don't want it that way anymore. So I think about politicians, but I also think about America. And I think that, you know, um, the functionality or dysfunctionality of uh, getting supreme court justices nominated or the functionality dysfunctionality getting court of appeals judges district courts um you know those are things that in the end that's what democracy means in the end all those folks who are running for all those offices with all that money uh, but in the end they still have to come back to the ballot box they have to get elected or not elected and in one of the upsides or downsides about having a closely divided country is that things can make a difference um so if Uh, Americans have, you know, Americans have not um, cared an awful lot about judges, and I think it's fair to say the left uh, Democrats have cared maybe even a little less. Um, But maybe that's because people take for granted um, a, a set of uh, judges and justices and who are functional, who do produce more or less the kind of constitutional values that America and Americans have expected and have received. Example, I think a lot of Americans have changed their minds in the last 15 years about, for example, same-sex marriage. I think a lot of Americans have changed their mind about that. I think that, you know, uh, that's the kind of issue that was really hotly contested a while ago, and it's not so much uh, today and i think that um, i think that that also figures into people's thoughts about about judges and similarly election reform and some people talk about citizens united you know i think uh, those kinds of decisions can uh, catch people's attention they pay attention to judges they pay attention to how they're picked they if you say for example if the senate's not the same party as the president which is possible then maybe no more judges go through. I mean, it's possible Americans just won't take that. It's possible Americans say that's not the way judges are supposed to be treated, like some sort of, you know, hot potato or political football. It may be that that's the kind of thing that really could turn the tide in some small incremental way in some marginal purple state uh, or purple district. And, and I you know, I, I think it's just so hard to predict. So many things are happening today that nobody would have predicted five years ago. And I think five years from now, things will be very different from now. But I just wanted, the only thing I would wanna say is I think that Americans play a huge role. And sometimes it's easy to forget it because it feels so distant and it feels so big when we feel so small. But Americans have an awful lot to say about the way uh, judges are handled, about the way the Supreme Court is handled. Um, And I think that uh, in this instance, for better or worse, I think sometimes the people have to lead.